Welcome to the weekly sermons and studies podcast at First Baptist. Today's speaker is our senior pastor, Dr. Jeff Reynolds. Let's pray together. Lord, you are the vine and we are the branches. And apart from you, we can do nothing. But Lord, in you, through you, by you, all things are possible. And so, Lord, now we turn to your word in the presence of your Holy Spirit, and we pray that by your word, that your Holy Spirit would inform us, teach us, transform us to make us more like Jesus. Lord, we love you. We trust you. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. We continue on the same journey that our VBS kids are going to take, and that is into Babylon, and that is with Daniel and his friends as they stand in their faith in Almighty God, even though they're in a strange culture, even though they're in a place that does not appreciate their worship of their God, even though they're in a place that does not understand their devotion to their God, they stand firm in the faith once for all delivered to the saints. And we're still talking about them 2,600 years later. And so today we look again to Daniel, but this time we're going to chapter 3. There is a difference between Daniel chapter 1 and Daniel chapter 3. One is the subject. Daniel chapter 1, we focus on a stand that Daniel himself made. And in Daniel chapter 3, we will focus on a stand that his three friends, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah made. You know them better as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But we're going to look at their stand for their faith that is going to be different from Daniel's. And, and, And here's the primary difference. Daniel made a stand that he would not eat the king's food or drink the king's drink because it had been devoted to the worship of the king. It had been likely sacrificed to idols in worship of a God that is not God. His stand could have meant death for him, but he was willing to take that stand. He was willing to take that chance, trusting that God would deliver him through and that all would be well. And that's exactly what happened. God gave Daniel favor with the chief eunuch. God gave Daniel favor with the king himself. And it turned out that God's way was better than the king's way. Well, in Daniel chapter 3, we're going to look at Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego make a stand. But it's going to be a different sort of stand. The stakes are going to be higher. This time, God is not going to grant them the favor to deliver them from the event. God's going to deliver them through the event. And I'm going to tell you something. In your life, there will be times when God delivers you from the fire, and there will be times when God delivers you through the fire. The best thing I can think of that we see every single week here, and part of my job is praying with people and helping them navigate life, and as we help one another, Sometimes we come to moments that are very difficult. Sometimes we go to doctor's offices and they say something's not right. We need to do further testing. We need to do some diagnostic imaging. We need to see what's going on. And so we pray, and we do. We pray fervently that God would bring healing. And our first prayer is that God would deliver this person whom he loves so dearly and that we love too, that God would deliver them from the experience that could be happening. And sometimes he does. 
Sometimes they get the test results and there is nothing but benign everywhere and it is a great celebration and we give God the credit and God all the praise and the glory and, and we are so thankful in that moment, such the relief that comes over us all. But none more than the one who was getting ready to go through it. They were delivered from the fire. Sometimes the, the test results come back in the way we don't want. They come back and say, yeah, there's something there, and we're going to have to do something about it. And as we face the devastation of receiving that news and the difficulty of recognizing the journey that's ahead, our prayers begin to change. It's not that we trust God any less. No, not at all. No, we, we still trust Him completely. But we know that now we're going to ask Him to bring deliverance through the experience. Does that make sense? Sometimes God's going to keep it from happening, and sometimes God's going to take you through it. In Daniel chapter 1, God kept it from happening. In Daniel chapter 3, we're going to see our God be faithful to bring him through it. So I'm glad you're here today, and I'm glad I'm here today, and I'm glad we get to study a text that our VBS kids are going to study this week as we see that God will bring us through when we trust him and follow him. So here's the theme for today's message. God's way isn't always easy. Yield yourself to him even when life gets hard. God's way isn't always easy. Yield yourself to him even when life gets hard. We're going to Daniel chapter 3. If you're in the Red Pew Bible here in the room, that is page 739. The Holy Spirit tells us, that King Nebuchadnezzar made an image of gold whose height was 60 cubits and its breadth six cubits. He set it up on the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. Then King Nebuchadnezzar sent to gather the satraps, the prefects, and the governors, the counselors, the treasurers, the justices, the magistrates, and all the officials of the provinces to come to the dedication of the image that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Then the satraps, the prefects, and the governors, the counselors, the treasurers, the justices, the magistrates, and all the officials of the provinces gathered for the dedication of the image that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. And they stood before the image that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. And the herald proclaimed aloud, You are commanded, O peoples, nations, and languages, that when you hear the sound of the horn, pipe, lyre, trigon, harp, bagpipe, and every kind of music, you are to fall down and worship the golden image that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. And whoever does not fall down and worship shall immediately be cast into a burning, fiery furnace. Therefore, as soon as all the peoples heard the sound of the horn, pipe, lyre, trigon, harp, bagpipe, and every kind of music, all the peoples, nations, and languages fell down and worshiped the golden image that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Our first point today is this. Human beings are designed to worship. Human beings are designed to worship. You and I were made by God to worship Him. And so we see that come out in our lives. We are designed by God to know Him and to worship Him as God. And in a sin-fallen world, that often comes out in the form of idolatry. What is idolatry? Well, it's worshiping anything that is not God. 
That's idolatry. And we are prone to it. Nebuchadnezzar set up this image of gold. And we don't know if he was trying to worship some pagan god or if he was trying to get his own glory. Probably a combination of the two. But this thing was 90 feet tall and 9 feet wide. He set it up on a plane and it was meant to make a statement. It was meant for the whole known world at that time to bow down and worship this image. And in so doing, proclaiming the greatness and glory of the king and worshiping this image of gold. And you know what the Bible says? The people did it. The people did it. Human beings were made to worship, and in a sin-fallen world, we are prone to worship things that are not God, and that's called idolatry. How many of you remember the show American Idol? Remember that? I've started to listen to a new station on the radio. Carrie Underwood's got a station. And uh, she, she and I have similar tastes in music. She has good taste in music, and she can sing, too. She's pretty good. But I've noticed something. They continue to refer to her as this idol. And it, I cringe every time they say, oh, the idol. I don't, I don't like that. But she won American Idol. So it makes sense that they would call her that. Why does, why does the idea of having an idol cause us to cringe? Well, because we're not supposed to do that. We're not supposed to worship anything that is not God. But boy, we do. Do you know that, that most people now don't get their news from a newspaper? Most people now honestly get their nudes from social media. Does that scare you to death a little bit? Yeah, it ought to. Um, well, I looked up, as of last week, who were the top accounts being followed on Twitter and Instagram, all right? Let me, let me give you the top 20 accounts being followed on Twitter, okay? This is according to socialtracker.io. Number 20 going down to number one. If I mispronounce some of these names, it's because I'm getting old and I'm not nearly as cool as I used to be, so I'm sorry. Um, Britney Spears, Virat Kohli, Justin Timberlake, Neymar Jr., Bill Gates, CNN, Twitter itself, Selena Gomez, NASA, Kim Kardashian, YouTube, Lady Gaga, Narendra Modi, Taylor Swift, Katy Perry, Rihanna, Cristiano Ronaldo, Justin Bieber, Barack Obama, and number one with 140.6 million followers is Elon Musk. So to summarize that list, you have eight singers, two world leaders, two social networks, two soccer players, two billionaires, a cricket player, a news network, a government organization, and a Kardashian. Those are the most significant accounts being followed for information in the world today. You say, well, what about Instagram? Because I like to look at pictures, and pictures are pretty. Well, who are the top 20 Instagram uh, accounts? Again, going from 20 to number one. Number 20 is Miley Cyrus, then Nicki Minaj, Kourtney Kardashian, Jennifer Lopez, Virat Kohli, Taylor Swift, National Geographic, Kendall Jenner, Justin Bieber, Nike, Khloe Kardashian, Beyonce, Kim Kardashian, Ariana Grande, Dwayne Johnson, Kylie Jenner, Selena Gomez, Lionel Messi, Cristiano Ronaldo, and then number one is Instagram itself with 649 million followers. So again, to summarize, we've got eight singers, this time five Kardashians, 
Two soccer players, a cricket player, a brand, a magazine, a social media network, and one wrestler turned actor who was the voice of Maui on Moana. You're welcome. You say, well, why does this matter? Let me tell you why this matters. These are called influencers. That's a thing. Influencers. People are trying to become influencers. They'll try out a product and try to get a discount on the product because they can share their thoughts on the product with all their followers. There's been a decentralization, really. You don't turn on the network news anymore. Now there's, there's information going out over all these other networks as well. But these are, the, these are the accounts that are influencing the world. Why does that matter? Well, because we listen to these accounts as a whole, as a culture, we do. You may say, I don't, but somebody does. In fact, a lot of people do. You know, getting ready to come into another election cycle. People are asking what singers think about politics. Should that scare you? Yes, they're really good at singing. That's great. But that doesn't mean they're really good at running the world. I mean, do you understand? But you know, in a sin-fallen world, we are prone to idolize them. We're prone to listen to them, to follow them, to want to be like them, and to take everything they say and to, and to seek to apply it in our lives so that we can become more like them. What a scary place. Well, that's nothing new. Again, we're talking about an event that happened 2,600 years ago. And people were willing to bow down at the sound of all these instruments and worship a 90-foot image of gold. And people today are no different. Nebuchadnezzar threatened death if they didn't bow down and worship his image. The threat for us is being canceled, being irrelevant, being put outside the, the realm of the cultural currency, not having your brand get the, the appreciation you hoped that it would have, not getting the amount of money, but truth be told, there are places on this planet where if you will not bow down and worship the images that are set up today, it can mean your life. Nothing new under the sun in a sin-fallen world. God made us to worship. And that pure part of our very creation, which yearns to worship the true and living God, has been adulterated by sin and by the fall. And so we're prone to worshiping other things, and that's called idolatry. These young men are going to make a stand. Let's see what they do. Verse 8. Therefore... At that time, certain Chaldeans came forward and maliciously accused the Jews. They declared to King Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. You, O king, have made a decree that every man who hears the sound of the horn, pipe, lyre, trigon, harp, bagpipe, and every kind of music shall fall down and worship the golden image. And whoever does not fall down and worship shall be cast into a burning fiery furnace. There are certain Jews whom you have appointed over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, pay no attention to you. They do not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. 
Then Nebuchadnezzar, in furious rage, commanded that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be brought. So they brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar answered and said to them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the golden image that I have set up? Now, if you are ready when you hear the sound of the horn, pipe, lyre, trigon, harp, bagpipe, and every kind of music to fall down and worship the image that I have made, well and good. But if you do not worship, you shall immediately be cast into a burning fiery furnace. And who is the God who will deliver you out of my hands? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If this be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But if not, be it known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. Our second point, God commands us to worship him alone. God commands us to worship him alone. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego just made a stand. And they said, our God is able to deliver us from your fiery furnace. But even if he doesn't, we don't care. We will not bow down and worship your image of gold. We will not bow down and worship your gods. We will not bow down and worship you. Why were they so strong in their stance? Because they knew that the very first commandment was when God said, I am the Lord your God who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. You shall have no other gods before me. They knew that God had commanded his people even before they came into the promised land to be careful lest they make alliances with the people who are in the promised land and be tempted to worship other gods who are not the true and living God. God says his name is jealous. And God is exceedingly jealous for our worship. He will not tolerate our duality in worship. He will not tolerate any syncretism in our worship. No, we are to worship him alone, not him and. Not him in the bales, not him in Nebuchadnezzar's image of gold, not him in the dollar, not him in wealth, not him and whatever else you might fill in here. We are to worship him alone. And, and let me tell you why. You say, wasn't jealousy a bad thing? In us, it is. In us, it is. In us, it, it, it harkens back to our ego. But you've got to understand that God is the pinnacle of all glory. He is the best of the best. He is king of kings, lord of lords. He is God over all. If God were to allow us to worship other things in addition to him, that would be sinful for God, and God doesn't sin. And so God in his love for us doesn't want us to worship other things because those other things will fail us every time. How many of you have found that to be true? Other little g-gods that you serve and worship will fail you every time. And God loves us too much to allow us to do that. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego knew that the chief prohibition in serving the one true and living God was that we should worship no one else. 
We should worship him alone. Our devotion to him must be pure for he is our God and we are his people. So they took their stand and said, our God's able to deliver us from your fiery furnace. But even if he doesn't, we still won't bow down and worship your image. Let's see how it goes. Verse 19. Then Nebuchadnezzar was filled with fury, and the expression of his face was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He ordered the furnace heated seven times more than it was usually heated, and he ordered some of the mighty men of his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and to cast them into the burning fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their cloaks, their tunics, their hats, and their other garments, and they were thrown into the burning fiery furnace." Because the king's order was urgent and the furnace overheated, the flame of the fire killed those men who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell bound into the burning fiery furnace. Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished and rose up in haste. He declared to his counselors, did we not cast three men bound into the fire? They answered and said to the king, true, O king. He answered and said, but I see four men unbound walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt. And the appearance of the fourth is like a son of the gods. Then Nebuchadnezzar came near to the door of the burning fiery furnace. He declared, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out and come here. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out from the fire, and the satraps, the prefects, the governors, and the king's counselors gathered together and saw that the fire had not any power over the bodies of those men. The hair of their heads was not singed, their cloaks were not harmed, and no smell of fire had come upon them. Nebuchadnezzar answered and said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and delivered his servants, who trusted in him, and set aside the king's command, and yielded up their bodies rather than serve and worship any god except their own god. Therefore, I make a decree. Any people, nation, or language that speaks anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be torn limb from limb, and their houses laid in ruins, for there is no other God who is able to rescue in this way. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. Our third and final point. God's way always works out better in the end. They said, King, our God is able to deliver us from the furnace, but even if he doesn't, we will worship him alone. And God didn't deliver them from the experience of the fiery furnace. What did he do? He delivered them through it. Because there was a fourth man who appeared in that fire Some say it was the pre-incarnate Christ, a Christophany. Others say it was an angel. Regardless, it was God's deliverer there, preventing harm to his children, such that not a hair of their head was singed, and they didn't even smell like fire. God's way works out better every time. And if you want proof, just... Go to the Holy Land with me and go to a tomb 
where they said Jesus was laid. He's not there anymore. Thank you for listening, and we hope you'll join us next time. We'd love to connect with you. Just email connect at firstbaptistbg.org or call 270-842-0331.